What's your name? Elena. And how old are you? Seven. And why is Jesus better than anything else? He can do miracles. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Jesus is Better podcast. For the past few weeks, we've been hearing a lot of stories about David, and they've almost all been really encouraging. Even when his enemies surround him and they're trying to hurt him, David consistently trusts in God. David has risen now to become the king over all the tribes of Israel. He has won many victories over all of Israel's neighbors. The countries that surround Israel all send tribute to David and make sure that the Israelites have everything that they need. At this point in the story, David does something wrong. We'll see in this story how David stops acting in good ways and starts doing bad things, just like King Saul had done before him. We should pay special attention to this story. In our lives, we can fall into these same kinds of patterns. Sometimes when we think that things are going well, it can be easy to think, I've got it all figured out. Or maybe, God loves me and he's blessed me so I can do anything I want to do. Usually when things are going well in our lives, it's easy to stop paying attention to how things might go wrong. It's even easier to forget that we still have important jobs to do. After you come home from your birthday party, or winning a soccer game, do you want to do chores? Or would you be more likely to want to relax and watch some TV? In this story, we'll see what happens when David comes home from all of his victories. It was spring. It was the time when kings go off to war. So David sent Joab out with the king's special troops and the whole army of Israel. They destroyed the Ammonites. They marched to the city of Rabbah. They surrounded it and got ready to attack it. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed, and he walked around the roof of his palace. From the roof, he saw a woman taking a bath, and she was very beautiful. David sent a messenger to find out who she was. The messenger returned and said, She is Bathsheba. She is the daughter of Eliam, and she is the wife of Uriah. He is a Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and she came to him. Later, Bathsheba found out that she was pregnant with David's child. She sent a message to David. She said, I am pregnant. So David sent a message to Joab, and David said, Send me Uriah the Hittite. Joab sent him to David. Uriah came to David, and David asked him how Joab and the soldiers were doing. He also asked him how the war was going. David said to Uriah, Go home and enjoy some time with your wife. So Uriah left the palace. Then the king sent him a gift. But Uriah didn't go home. Instead, he slept at the entrance to the palace. He stayed there with all his master's servants. 
David was told, Uriah didn't go home. So he sent for Uriah, and David said to him, You've been away for a long time. Why didn't you go home? And Uriah said to David, The ark and the army of Israel and Judah are out there in tents. My commander Joab and your special troops are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house and eat and drink? How could I go there and sleep with my wife? I could never do a thing like that, and that's just as sure as you are alive. And then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I'll send you back to the battle. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next, and David invited Uriah to eat and drink with him, and David got him drunk. But Uriah still didn't go home. In the evening he went out and he slept on his mat, and he stayed there among his master's servants. The next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab. He sent it along with Uriah. In it he wrote, Put Uriah out front. That's where the fighting is the heaviest. And then pull back your men from him. When you do, the Ammonites will strike him down and kill him. So Joab attacked the city, and he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest enemy fighters were. The troops came out of the city. They fought against Joab. Some of the men in David's army were killed. Uriah, the Hittite, also died. Joab sent David a full report of the battle. He told the messenger, Tell the king everything that happened in the battle. When you're finished, his anger might explode. He might ask you, Why did you go so close to the city to fight against it? Didn't you know that the enemy soldiers would shoot arrows down from the wall? Don't you remember how Abimelech, the son of Jerubesheth, was killed? A woman dropped a large millstone on him from the wall, and that's how he died. So, why did you get so close to the wall? If the king asks you that, tell him, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. The messenger started out for Jerusalem. When he arrived there, he told David everything that Joab had sent him to say. The messenger said to David, The men in the city were more powerful than we were, and they came out to fight against us in the open. But we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Then those who were armed with bows, shot arrows at us from the wall. Some of your special troops were killed. Your servant Uriah, the Hittite, is also dead. David told the messenger, Tell Joab, Don't get upset over what happened. Uh, swords kill one person as well as another, so keep on attacking the city. Destroy it. Tell that to Joab. It will cheer him up. Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead. She mourned over him. When her time of sadness was over, David had her brought to his house. She became his wife, and she had a son by him. But the Lord was not pleased with what David had done. The Lord sent the prophet Nathan to David. When Nathan came to him, he said, Two men lived in the same town. One was rich, and the other was poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but all the poor man had was one little female lamb. He had bought it, and he had raised it, and it grew up with him and his children, and it shared in his food. It drank from his cup, and this little lamb even slept in his arms. It was just like a daughter to him. One day a traveler came to the rich man. The rich man wanted to prepare a meal for him, but he didn't want to kill one of his own sheep or cattle, so instead he took the little female lamb that belonged to the poor man. The rich man cooked it for the traveler who had come to him. 
David was very angry with the rich man. He said to Nathan, The man who did this must die, and that's just as sure as the Lord is alive. The man must pay back four times as much as that lamb was worth. How could he do such a thing? And he wasn't even sorry he had done it. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king over Israel, and I saved you from Saul. I gave you everything that belonged to your master Saul, and I even put his wives into your arms. I made you a king over all the people of Israel and Judah, and if all that had not been enough for you, I would have given you even more. So why did you turn your back on what I told to you? You did what is evil in my sight. You made sure that Uriah the Hittite would be killed in battle. You took his wife to be your own. You let the men of Ammon kill him with swords. So time after time, members of your own royal house would be killed with swords. That's because you turned your back on me. You took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. And the Lord also says, I am going to bring trouble on you. It will come from your own family. I will take your wives away, and your own eyes will see it. I will give your wives to a man who is close to you. You committed your sins in secret, but I will make sure that the man commits his sin in the middle of the day. Everyone in Israel will see it. And then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You aren't going to die, but you have dared to show great disrespect for the Lord. So the son who has been born to you will die. Nathan went home. Then the Lord made David's child very sick. That was the child that David had by Uriah's wife. And David begged God to heal the child. David didn't eat anything, and he spent his nights lying on the ground. He put on the rough clothes that people wear when they're sad, and his most trusted servants stood beside him. They wanted him to get up from the ground, but he refused to do it, and he wouldn't eat food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. They thought, while the child was still alive, we spoke to David, but he wouldn't listen to us, so how can we now tell him that the child is dead? He might do something terrible to himself. David saw that his attendants were whispering to one another, and then he realized the child was dead. As the child died, he asked, Yes, they replied, he's dead. Then David got up from the ground, and after he washed himself, he put on lotions, and he changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord, and he worshipped him. Then he went to his own house, and he asked for some food. They served it to him, and he ate. And his attendants asked him, Why are you acting like this? While the child was still alive, you wouldn't eat anything, and you cried a lot, but now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, while the child was still alive, I didn't need anything, and I cried a lot, and I thought, who knows, the Lord might have mercy on me, and he might let the child live. But now he's dead, so why should I continue to go without food? Can I bring him back to life again? Someday I'll go to him, but he won't return to me. Then David had comforted his wife Bathsheba, and sometime later she had a son, and he was given the name Solomon. The Lord loved him. So the Lord sent a message through Nathan the prophet. And the Lord said, Give the boy the nickname Jedidiah. During that time, Joab fought against Rabbah. It was the royal city of the Ammonites. It had high walls around it. Joab was about to capture it. 
He sent messengers to David, and he told them to say, I have fought against Rabah. I've taken control of its water supply. So bring the rest of the troops together, surround the city, get ready to attack it, and then capture it. If you don't, I'm going to capture it myself, and it'll be named after me. So David brought together the whole army and went to Rabah. He attacked it, and he captured it. David took the gold crown off the head of the king of Ammon. Then the crown was placed on David's head. The crown weighed 75 pounds, and it had jewels on it. David took a huge amount of goods from the city. He brought out the people who were there, and he made them work with saws and iron picks and axes. He forced them to go make bricks. David did that to all the towns in Ammon. Then he and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. Every time that I hear that story, it makes me a little angry. I get angry for a lot of reasons, I think. The first reason is that David should not have even been in Jerusalem to begin with. The very first part of the story said that David was walking around his palace in Jerusalem when all of his generals and troops were out at war. One of the things that I learned as a leader in the Marine Corps is that you never ask your troops to do things that you would not do yourself. For David, to have his men off fighting without him shows that he doesn't care about them. He thinks that he's too good. As the leader of the Israelites, he should be on the front line with his generals and his troops, making sure that he is protecting and helping his soldiers all he can. Instead, David ends up stealing one of his soldiers' wives and then murdering that soldier to cover it up. This is one of the most important lessons from this story. If you hang out in places where you shouldn't be, you're much more likely to do things you shouldn't do. Do you see that being true in your own life? If your parents don't want you watching certain TV shows or going and doing things in certain places, won't it be much harder to do those things if you're not watching TV at the same time that those shows are on? Or if you are not going to go over and hang out near the place that you shouldn't be at? This story is especially sad because David's son dies too. The prophet Nathan tells David about this after David says that he has sinned and he's sorry for what he did. Sometimes when we read stories like this in the Bible, it seems like God is mean. And it's hard to understand how God can be good when we are hurting or when a friend treats us poorly or when we lose someone that we love. It is so important to remember that God is a good God. We have to remember that God didn't want any of this for David, or Uriah, or Bathsheba, or anyone in Israel. Remember when God created everything in Eden? It was perfect and wonderful. Only when Adam and Eve disobeyed God did they begin to suffer from the consequences of their sin. Do you know what a consequence is? I think it's very important to understanding this story. Consequences are things that are not always bad. It just means something that happens because of something else. So the consequence of giving my kids a yummy dessert is that they're happy. Consequences can also be bad. When I was a child, my mom told me not to touch the burner on the stove. She told me it would hurt, but I didn't believe her. So one day I touched the burner when it was really hot and I burned my whole hand. 
it hurt really bad. I had to go to the doctor, and it had to heal for a long time. The consequence of me touching the stove was that I got hurt. Now, I was very sorry that I had touched the stove, and even though I was sorry, it still hurt for a long time. It was the same way for David in this story. Nathan the prophet helped him understand that he was wrong for murdering Uriah and stealing his wife. David realized that he was wrong. He told Nathan and God that he was sorry, and God forgave him, but there were still consequences for his actions. Sometimes we don't understand why bad things happen. Sometimes it's because we have made bad choices, but sometimes bad things happen because other people have made bad choices. Or sometimes just because we were in the wrong place at the wrong time. David wrote a song and a prayer that talks about this very difficult time in his life. Will you pray it with me? God, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Because your love is so tender and kind, wipe out my lawless acts. Wash away all the evil things I've done. Make me pure from my sin. I know the lawless acts I've committed. I can't forget my sin. You're the only one I've really sinned against. I've done what is evil in your sight. So you are right when you sentence me. You are fair when you judge me. I know I've been a sinner ever since I was born, and I've been a sinner ever since my mother became pregnant with me. I know that you wanted faithfulness even when I was in my mother's body. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Sprinkle me with hyssop, and then I will be clean. Wash me, and then I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear you say your sins are forgiven. That will bring me joy and gladness. Let the body you have broken be glad. Take away all my sins. Wipe away all the evil things I've done. God, create in me a pure heart. Give me a new spirit that is faithful to you. Don't send me away from you. Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Give me back the joy that comes from being saved by you. And give me a spirit that obeys you so I will keep going. Then I will teach your ways to those who commit lawless acts, and sinners will turn back to you. You are a God who saves me. I have committed murder. God, take away my guilt. Then my tongue will sing about how right you are, no matter what you do. Lord, open my lips that I can speak, and then my mouth will praise you. You don't take delight in sacrifice. If you did, I would bring it. You don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. The greatest sacrifice you want is a broken spirit. God, you will gladly accept a heart that is broken because of sadness over sin. May you be pleased to give Zion success. May it please you to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of those who do what is right. Whole burnt offerings will bring delight to you, and bowls will be offered on your altar. Amen. David really understood that his sin had serious consequences, especially as God's chosen king. I hope you know that you are just as important in God's kingdom. God has plans and jobs and people lined up for you to love and encourage and work with. You're so important to God and he's made you special just to do the special jobs that he has for you. The last thing that we should notice in this story is how Joab calls David back to work. David starts in the story in Jerusalem while all his men were off fighting the battles, but David's general Joab reminds him that he should be with his army fighting for God's kingdom. Remember that if you're not doing the things that God and your parents or maybe your church leaders have set out for you to do, 
it's much easier to start doing all the wrong things, just like David. Sometimes we find ourselves in the wrong place, doing the wrong things with the wrong people. Maybe friends who don't really act like friends, or maybe who just want to be mean to others. Whenever we ask for forgiveness, Jesus has assured us that God will forgive and that he will help us act right. Well, that's it for this week. The next stories we will learn about David's sons. We'll actually see that David's actions with Bathsheba have even more consequences that affect his children too. Well, we'll see you next week to learn more about King David. Talk to you next time.